But there was this one company, I think called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah. My goodness, that is a way to start the morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Chop Sports Daily. Coming to you live from the Flipping Made Easy studio right here in beautiful Matawan, New Jersey. It is Sturch's Gooch. We're coming to you, chopping it up from the Custom Creation Sports Desk, and we are ready to rock and roll. We got ourselves a jam-packed show. A very special guest coming on later on in this show to break down the longest day in Chop Sports history yesterday, yeah, by the way. it was a rough one yesterday, man. You all right? You feeling well? Because I, I overslept. No, not. I, well, okay. Not doing good at all. <laughs> you guys wanted to know. Yeah, multiple multitude of health issues on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, I need to sleep more. I, need, I, I, need I was just thinking the same thing. I, I had all the opportunity in the world. Dallas was up big last night. I was like, I could just go to sleep, right? Then I got to talking to Sauce. And I was just like, great. Here's the conversation is about to start. And we, and it was a good conversation, very constructive, actually, um, about the show and the brand and all this other stuff. And then before I know it, it's after midnight. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, I got to go to sleep. Yeah, I um, fell asleep fully clothed with sneakers on yesterday. I woke can always up, tell. Woke up with a migraine. I, you know what? Day. I woke up with a headache, too. Went to sleep with a headache. I don't know what that's all about. Might be dying slowly but surely. Could be just be, being a cowboy fan. It could Packer be. Fan. It could be. It's a very. Yeah, it's a Jets very. Jet, yeah, I know. We're, we're born with headaches. Jets, so. Yeah, you do. That's you were born point. with headaches. Um. Anyway, if you guys are watching this right now, thank you. Like the video. That would be a very appreciated on YouTube. We appreciate you as always, and of course, to support Chop Sports, you could do so by heading on to Patreon.com backslash forward slash whatever slash you want to use chop sports look us up there's a three a five a ten dollar and coming in the fall right this is what i talked to sauce about you'll just agree with it because i know it's a good idea uh when we do our lean fridays with the sauce there's going to be only exclusive picks to patreon members that are going to be so if you're a dynasty member you're going to get those picks from the sauce later on in the uh, in the fall but that will work up to that. We got a lot of things going on this week. Obviously, if you want to join Sturge and Gooch for the draft and and others, uh, <laughs> see, I called myself there and uh, and others, you can check out uh, MJ's over in Matawan, New Jersey, right on thirty four. It's the Buttonwood, whatever did the hell I you mi- call. It. Did I miss? Maybe maybe it's an inside joke, or maybe we have to have this conversation after. I don't know. You were like, oh, and others. I caught myself there. I was oh, I was oh, trying to. I got you know, it now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I'm trying to do my best here. Uh, so anyway, you can join us for the draft. We'll be there on Thursday night eating some uh, food and drinking some beers and, and sweating out the entire NFL draft as it happens. We did our mock last night. A lot of fun. Uh, we had a thank you to everybody that participated who came on. Thanks to Nick Shine, who represented like 15 teams at this point. Uh, but no, it was it was a good time. Uh, but do uh, be sure to do that. Also, be sure social media is uh, in the news lately uh, because of my boy, our boy, Elon Musk. <laughs> I say our boy as if I have any idea if this guy even likes him. Um, no, I love Elon Musk. Dude, I'm, first of all, he's an in, in, innovator. Like, well, let's be honest. Like, he's done a million things. If you don't like him, whatever. He's taken over Twitter. He has not taken over DatChat. So you can head on over to DatChat on iOS and Google Store Play, whatever the hell you call it, on the green text bubble people, which, by the way, you all bother me still. I just I don't like texting green bubbles. Ibby, you're one of them. I'm talking uh, to you, Carl. Yeah, Carl. Carl's a uh, green bubble guy. Yeah, that's just so I. That's full that's disclosure. There was a situation the other night. Um, it was over the weekend. Ashley was sleeping. She woke up and she texted somebody, 
And I was like, I don't give a shit. I don't look what, what she's doing, what she's texting. Uh -huh, but, you're creeping. Was, Go ahead. but there was green bubbles on the text, and it was like 1.30. And I saw a, a smiley face emoji in the in the context of the text. You know how they're like real big when there's only a uh -huh, emoji? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Go on. This is getting juicier. Um, I find out. I come to find out that it's her father's business line. And he was just saying goodnight to his daughter. Oh, uh -huh. that's so nice. Allegedly. Uh -huh. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so I'm going to save you in my phone as those daddy, green, but it's green, not going to be that bugs. kind of daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you understand no, what that's, I'm saying? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have the comments up? All right. Just nobody has joined in and said hello. So anybody, any, uh, listen, the comments are open. The line is open. It's It should be in the description if I did this right. If you want to call in later when Connor's on or call in to talk anything, it's available to do it. There he is, uh, just cleaning the house. Elon Musk is going to work Twitter headquarters. What do you say? Like Ari Gold. Elon Musk is going to walk into Twitter headquarters he, like Ari Gold. I saw the meme, gun. dude. The meme was great. It's actually Ari and it's, it's uh, Elon Musk. It was fantastic. But anyway, Dat Chat is over 400 members now in the Chop Sports uh, Dat Chat group. So go check those guys out. Um, Kyle popped the comments. Sherry, there it is. Bailey, the, the floodgates have opened. Uh, so welcome, everybody who is watching this today. Uh, exciting news from the Chop Sports uh, business side of things. Got a new um, applicant uh, that we're going to interview uh, to be our summer intern. I know we also have to talk to Madison, one of our Chop athletes. Speaking of Chop athletes, uh, one of our newest shirts is available right now. Go check that out for our national champion D3 wrestler. Um, Brett, Brett Counter, Counter. He, the, muscle, the hamster. muscle hamster himself, has a new shirt out there representing his national championship. Be sure to go do that. Um, I'd be remiss, and I'm not going to, like again, hockey talk, it has to increase over the time. And when the playoffs start, I know it will. Uh, but the Rangers have a very, very big game tonight. Uh, they're playing the Hurricanes. They have a chance to grab another two points. They're trailing them by four uh, with just the last week of the NHL regular season. So it looks like what it looks like right now. I was talking to our boy Kenny Levine last night uh, mm -hmm. via the Chop Sports Facebook group, and he thinks it's going to be the Rangers and the, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there's nothing more that I like in this world than to watch the Rangers take down crybaby bitch-ass Crosby. Oh, that would be. He's just, fun to watch, though. Dude. He sucks. Ah. I hate him. I hate him. I he's like he is the Dustin Pedroia to my like to to my baseball reference. I could see that. He is the guy that you want to just have punchable face and you just want to. Mm. But anyway, representing by the way uh, today, it's a big week for our boy Mike Tavertov, one of our first, if not the first. He is the he first. is the first chop athlete. He had himself a fantastic pro day. Okay. I'm just going to read you off some of the numbers. Remember, he's an edge rusher uh, from Rutgers. So, obviously, he had a, a decent season this year. The Rutgers defense was really good in the beginning, and then they kind of, like, tailed off a little bit, but then they really got their stuff together towards the end where they got the ball bid at the very end of the year. Uh, he ran a 4 7 five, 40. Uh, He's got a 28 reps on the bench press. 28 225-pound reps. Now, I tried 225 the other day. After not doing 225 for a long time, I got 211. And I almost wanted to die. There so times that by another. And there you have a, a NFL starting defensive end caliber kind of guy. He's got a 35 inch vertical and he's a, a nine, six broad jump. The kid crushed his pro day. I am praying not, not for business purposes for the kid. He's got a great family, great brother, great sister, just a great lineage. And of course the coaching staff that brought him up the Grassos, like I'm representing union today. It's I'm putting all the good vibes into the air, into the week. And I hope that this kid gets drafted and gets picked up. If not, at least a walk on tryout. You know, one of the teams that are get some good opportunities. No yeah, I think what. so too. One of the teams that are most like, uh, 
usually always stuck together with Rutgers is the Patriots. Yeah. Bill Belichick yeah. is always looking into that Rutgers. That, that, that. Oh man. I don't want to hate the kid though. <laughs> you know, like, I don't hate the Patriots, but they're just like very intolerable. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but if you listen, if he gets drafted, great. If not, he's going to probably go try out for the jets. Whoever I has always, these open walk. We always talk about this. If I'm not going to get picked in the first or second day, I don't want to get drafted at all. I want to get, you, I want to go choice. handpick my spot. And I look at the rosters and I say, oh, my best chance at the league is here. And then, it's you, a pipe dream of mine to see to vert off, uh, get the call getting, uh, from and I asked him the Dallas this, Cowboys. I asked him this, and he said he'd rather get drafted because it's a guarantee you get the contract the moment yeah. itself. What well, is the moment? I'm there, pretty sure. There is the other side of it, whereas if you don't get drafted, the silver lining is you're probably going to get an opportunity, and now you get to handpick where you want to go. You might be able to stay home so he could go, go look at the Giants, true. the Jets, the Eagles, etc. Giants, Jets, Cowboys, all these teams, they need edge rushing. So just let you know. Um Anyway, the Patriots have a punchable face. <laughs> the entire team. Nick Shine coming in the chat. The Patriots have a punchable face. The entire squad. Um, but anyway, before we get into all the draft stuff, we're going to be joined by Connor Livesy later on uh, in this. He is a member of the blogging. The that boys. wasn't a dadism. That was his actual last name. It's not Connor Livesy. I like thought he David. said we're gonna go live. See, that's yeah, what I thought he was saying. Oh no, that's what? his name. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, no dad joke there, folks. Uh, but we'll bring him in later on. He is from bloggingtheboys.com. He's also an I consider him an expert in the NFL draft over some of these guys that you literally, you know, and I'm not mocking out, speaking of mock, no pun intended. I'm not mocking out the guys that are have been doing this for 25 years, but more than likely, everybody looks at guys like Mel Kuyper as like a joke at this point. Not a joke, but I think like it's what he's ES, wrong ESPN a lot. Has done and- I understand the Mel Kuyper hate, but at the other side of it, Mel Kuyper's got a hard job. You're trying to predict yeah. what's going to happen. It's really only for fun. He's like a weatherman. He's been wrong a ton, but he's also gives us our information. So everyone's getting their information from Mel Kuyper, whether they like it or not. I like Todd, Todd, Todd McShay. That's what I like. Uh, McShay's I just my guy. ESPN. Yeah. I, really, if you're employed by ESPN, you're become a yes man. Mel Kuyper might hate what he has to do but he's getting paid handsomely to do it. So I'm going to do what they tell me. to it's do. It's just crazy well. though. And shout out to Mel Kuyper because that is his job. So like the minute, like this Mr. Irrelevant is drafted, he's working on next year's draft already. So like that's a 365 operation. So shout out, but Connor put together a 300 hour worth of an NFL draft guide. You could buy it off of him on Twitter. He'll plug it later on. Uh, but before we get into all that, listen, it's it's a celebratory day if you're a, a New York Knicks fan, okay? Because I'm, I'm not going to be – you know what? I am going to be that guy. I was going to say I'm not going to be that guy and, like, harp because I'm a Knicks fan and the Nets lose again. They're done. It's over. The season, this magical dream season that you all had scary hours and all this other crap, it is done. The Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks have officially finished with the same amount of playoff wins in 2022. That's amazing to me. You you put the two one two of the best players on the planet on one team, and you call it a super team, and then you add a Ben Simmons, who, by the way, I mean, you want to bring this up? This is the greatest thing. By the way, it, it's, it should be uh, listed right underneath. Uh, if not, it's on the bottom. But there it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want, Ben Simmons, NFT, now available at shopsports.shop. So our first ever NFT is Ben Simmons. Look Bro, how pissed, going, poor, upset he looks. What is going on with Ben Simmons? Now, full disclosure, I, what is he I, stole wearing? This, I stole this joke from someone's Twitter. I have no idea whose. I would love to give the credit. It might even been from Bleacher Report, who also stole it from someone's Twitter. Correct. Point being is, hell of a fucking joke. Spot on. Ben Simmons, I'm not even sure how these guys dress, but when you're not playing, you need to just blend in. 
You know, Ben Simmons is out that there. That is not game blending four, in. <laughs> game four, he's standing up and he's watching his entire team get dunked on. You know what song I hear in the background of that? Hello, darkness. But that one too, but <laughs> more or less uh, your show, Curb. Dum, 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 dum. And he's just sitting there. And he's like, just, just this loser mentality. That, uh, he looks, what is that? Looking like a like, Sesame Street like character. Sesame Street character. To Chris Payne, what's up, Payne? Ben that, Simmons was low-key. I'm surprised you don't see him fist bumping it right right in that moment because <laughs> there is no one on earth that wanted the Nets to lose more than Ben Simmons. Absolutely. Because then the rumors, because then you know what this is? Oh, my God. He would have had to have a nightmare or something for game five. Like, I don't know. I had a You know what this is? This is literally, and you haven't seen the movie. Maybe you have. The Scout. With yeah, I've seen it with uh, Steve Nebraska. Nebraska. The, right? Yeah. So you've never seen that movie? He's he's not good. Aren't with you the a sports Yankee fan? He's not good with the sports movies. Oh, um, I'm not. very good with good movies. This, this is a great movie. No, it is a good movie. This you is a like great it. movie. You but like anyway, remember remember when he's, he's like, I might have to pitch. Movies. I might yeah. have to pitch this night. Like, oh, you'll only have to pitch if the Yankees get to game two of the World Series or something. And then they do. Ben Simmons is in that moment. We're like, oh, my God. Like, if they win, like, there's going to be rumors that I'm going to play. Like, what am I going to do? Like, this guy has officially made him, the bitch made of the credit. year list. He, he set out to not play this season and get paid for it. And, and he, he did. He did, he did just that. So, who's the real I'll tell you what. After, after the final whistle last night, maybe, like, no, I would say after the final whistle. They, the Nets look like. They didn't look like a team that just got swept. They look like a team that like they were relaxed. Like, they were happy oh, to be out of there, bro. Yes. Not I really do. Durant the was the Durant had like a million Cancun. points in the first half. He's finished with thirty nine. Took thirty one shots. So Durant obviously is giving a shit. Kyrie Irving was the first one to hug everybody as soon as the game was over. His like, ah, oh, come here, bring it in for the real thing. Like, what are we doing here? He was like, it's about fucking time. And I think he was seemingly happy about the Celtics getting over some proverbial hump. That they couldn't get over when he was there, but they made the Eastern he Conference said Finals with Jason Tatum when Kyle Tatum was is on the a roster star. and wasn't playing. Tatum is a star, and I think I think Kyle came in before passing said that, of the torch. I think so. Kyle came in before and said that Skip Bayless actually said he would like Ben Ben Simmons over uh, over Jason Tatum. Yeah, he also said he would take Tim Tebow over Aaron Rodgers. Ben, uh, <laughs> Skip Bayless says these things just just so we talk about it on our podcast. And look, his name day. got brought up. See, that's the, I know mission accomplished FS1. You got us talking about your lame can ass we, program. Can we talk a little bit about the the um KD thing because I'm hearing rumblings and even Payne said it yesterday while sitting in the seat and it's very easy for people to come out and say now after a playoff loss the way they look, but I don't think it was on KD. They they terrorized him this series. They were sending different guys at him every single time he got touched the ball, switching off. Uh, I don't think that it's KD's demise right here. KD's a solid player. He's going to be a top five still player. one of the, the best players in the year. world. But when you're seeing the age, you're looking at an Achilles injury that he sat out an entire season with. He's on the wrong side of 30. He doesn't look like he has the frame to last a really long time. He's always going to have his outside shot. He's always going to be able to create offense for you. But you might. it, it, it is time now where you're seeing a new a new coming of age in the nba and it could be the lebrons the kds the players that we're used to seeing they're not going to be postseason stalwarts anymore you're not going to see kd could you imagine next year if they lose kyrie what's what's kd going to do are the nets going to make the playoffs with yeah, I was, KD? That, that's I th that was my next question to you do you think now with this loss the season's over the Kyrie thing, he blamed himself, he, you know, all this other stuff. Katie's like, well, there's nobody you can blame. Actually, there is somebody you can blame. But, like, do you think that this trio is together next year, yes or no? I don't think Ben Simmons is ever going to play ever again in the NBA. You think he's that I, mentally I truly, scarred? I truly think Good that Lord. there's something that's going on there where he has this perpetual fear that exists constantly inside of him where 
he has this fear of taking a jump shot in front of another human being. And if you're in the NBA, you're going to have to figure that out. Even in practice, bit. we're talking about in <laughs> practice bit. when there's a video Talk camera out in practice, this guy don't shoot. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Is it really that sacred? To the video of your jump shot? You're in the fucking NBA, bro. You're in the NBA. You're getting paid forty million dollars a year to make bad. He, he worked the system and it won. He won. No, I yeah, think I he mean, needs, he's winning. I think he needs to be sit down and like told, like, listen, you're gonna play here. We're gonna leave you here. You, we don't really need you to shoot, bro. We need you to facilitate. Yeah, and but, play defense. but but That's here's what the he thing: does. it doesn't matter. You do need him to shoot. I understand what you're saying that we don't need you to do this in terms of what you want. The, what your you're role saying, is like, take going the load to be. off. What yeah, your role is going to be. But there's gonna to, be, there's gonna be parts in the game where Durant is knifing to the basket or or, or Kyrie for that for that matter. And there's an open guy in the corner, and it's Ben Simmons. You're going to pass to him because that's your instinct. At that point, he's going to have to pull the trigger at some <laughs> point or the, another. Holy shit. <laughs> I got the ball in his hand. He was getting, he was driving to the lane in the postseason last year when he was still with Philly. He was getting open looks at the basket, uh, yeah. and he wasn't taking them. He was midair, layup form, and then dishing it out. This is, I'm talking about, he's 6'10. You know, yeah, dunk put it, it home, sad. put it home. And, and there's that's, something going that's on fear. mentally. And I'm not here to even bash him. I've done plenty of that. You could draw your own conclusion. I think it's soft for a guy that's in his caliber, his height to not be, to be afraid. Shaq went up there and shot his free throws every single fucking time. There was hack of Shaq. You know, he just went up there and owned it. He couldn't shoot. I'm going to do throws. this. I'm going to make this one. Watch this. Um, Damn. Miss another one. And, and Rob, we <laughs> had the conversation. Like you, it's hard to teach somebody a jump shot. Like either you can shoot or you can't. Yeah. Ben if Simmons, you're in the NBA, Ben Simmons are, you can shoot. Yeah, but was anybody get drafted based on their passing ability? Markel Fultz couldn't shoot, and he's basically out of also the another seventy six or that another guy that was picked second mental overall. health issues. So are they just mentally just destroying these guys? I don't want to sit here and say that. I think Markel Fultz couldn't shoot. He had a wrist injury, and once his wrist healed, it didn't heal the right way. So he had like I, I give him all over. I give again. him that. Ben Simmons. It has nothing to do with that. This is. Ben Simmons couldn't shoot. The league was not respecting his jumper before anything that took place two years ago in the postseason. There's a meme out there when they were playing for USA Basketball. It was like an all-star game. Or, yeah, or, USA Basketball. And it was right. Chris Paul, LeBron, Carmelo. And it was Ben Simmons, like, having just let go of a jump shot. And they're all they're looking at him. They're laughing at him. Like, at him. You've laughing. never seen it, Dave? No. It's so Bro, funny. It's I gotta watch that. So it's that. That. Thing, it's they not give, photoshopped or anything. If, it's hilarious. If Ben Simmons gets the ball on the perimeter, whoever's guarding him completely backs off. Like no respect. When yeah. I say no respect, they're daring him to shoot, and wow. he don't. Wow. The real question is, Kyrie is unrestricted free agent. He's unrestricted. Yeah. Oh, he's Do out. You put. He, he says out of there. so. March twenty sixth, shoot around and have it here. He was asked, and he said he intends to re-sign with Brooklyn this summer. But that was on March twenty sixth before they get swept, mind you. Oh God, he did, he, say, be a Nick? he did say he wants to run it back. <laughs> He no, he, he did, no, he wants to come back. He wants to run it back, but but that's what that's, everybody's that's players say. speak. Yes. Once his agent gets a hold of the other offers and things like that, Who's he's going to entertain it. He's, he's going to go to a and, and God forbid, knock on every piece of whatever. There's some kind of new thing where you need a new vaccine or some shit. He's going to go to a place. He's going to go to a red state. Yeah, he's going to he go to a red to, state like like where basically I can play every day and not worry about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like. He's going to go to a place or he's, he's going to let him stick play. around in Brooklyn. Or, I, I, yeah, think, I think there's fine. a very, very good chance that he Is does Is he that. starting to become the Antonio Brown of the NBA? No. No. No? No, because he no, doesn't because, have antics like Antonio I Brown. I don't think that when well, he puts Sage on the court and walks around like he's 
in church. With yeah, the I know. But is that, look, he's definitely a rare, a rare bird. But Antonio Brown flies off the handle. I think there's a touch wow, of right. CTE there. I don't so, think Kyrie has CTE. So Kyle's coming in saying Kyrie has a player option of one year, $36 million if he wants it. It's on the table. Well, that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. If he's going to come back to the Nets, it's not going to be on a long-term deal. No income tax in Florida. There's also, I don't think, any real team that's interested in him in Florida. Miami? Him in Miami, Jimmy Butler. I mean, then again, does he? Remember, Jimmy Butler dictates all the stuff. Jimmy Butler will bench him. Yeah, that's true, though. You ain't playing? (laughs) <laughs> on the road or at home, he ain't playing now, bro. All right, moving on. Uh, there was one question in there. As, uh, Chris Payne came in and asked if anybody's upset that Spike Lee was openly rooting for the Nets. I thought Spike Lee has lost his credibility a long time ago. I don't, I don't really – I don't no, mess with Spike everybody Lee. Everybody is allowed to root for whoever they like. Jesus. <laughs> Not when you're at a Knicks game every <laughs> night. Orange and yeah, blue. Yeah, dude. Like this is just Let's fraudulent go. behavior. This is this is my team stinks. I need to stay in the spotlight. Let here's, me go root for Brooklyn. Here's what you Bullshit. do. Here's what you do. Root for who you like, but just sit it out. You know, stay you home. Don't, you don't need to or stay just home. go like sit you like you don't have to sit. Center. Yeah, you don't stay sit full side. Stay the fuck home. Stay the fuck home. <laughs> we don't need to see your do the right house. thing. Do the right thing. Stay home. You get it? I did. I did. I game it. two. I'm. Uh, all right. What do we got? All right. So this game was on NBA TV, so nobody Rob saw it. Bringing the show along. He's like, all right. No, no, it's good. That's exactly what we need out of him. You right. need to move it on. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so this game absolutely gets destroyed. I had this completely wrong. I said the Sixers were just going to pounce on him and it was going to be over. And it, if you run back yesterday's show, you might hear a special somebody, and I am special guy. I was just going to say, you say possibly. Raptors money line. I felt like this was a possible. And I think hit. the sauce picked them at plus eight. So that was the pick. I missed this pick. The only pick I did was Dallas. And we'll get into that in a second. Bang. Uh, but yeah, so Toronto does their thing. They kick the shit out of the 76ers. 76ers are a little bit of trouble here. Because I mean, look, look, I believe in momentum. I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in momentum. But if you do believe in momentum, it is swung. It is swung in the favor of Toronto. I did see. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, tell Drake to go fuck himself. That was funny. I saw that. Um, but other other than that, it, it's you know it, it's it's interesting because this is what now happens this is a when series. you have a James Harden uh, led team in the postseason. And I say James Harden led. Obviously, it's Embiid's the true leader there. But you see, right now Embiid's dealing with a thumb injury, and credit to him, he's playing through it which we want your stars to do in the postseason. But James Harden, what did you, what did you guys say? He took 11 shots. 11 yesterday. shots yesterday. Yeah, and he, he wants to shoot more. And Embiid, there's already turmoil brewing in Philly where Embiid's saying, well, I'm not going right. to fucking tell him to shoot more. Yo, this is great. This is great. You're like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, let these super teams develop and then fall apart. Because it's like, you saw it happen with the Lakers. They were the, literally the worst super team ever assembled. Then you see something happening with the Nets. Now you see something happening with the Sixers. I'm here for all of that and, shit and because Draymond, it makes the Knicks look Green, that much who's better. Been, who's been struggling in the last couple of years, doing it all by himself with all the injuries that are taking place in Golden State, has a lot of laughs and a lot of emojis that he's dishing out to I all saw those teams that are getting, yeah. getting embarrassed in the first <laughs> round. Says, uh Harden looks physically uh, bad. He looks like a terribly aging middle-aged man. Yeah, uh, like James Harden looks like his first name should be Earl. Joel Embiid came out. Earl Harden. I like that. Uncle Just Earl. Uncle Earl is official. Kyle says, how are the Raptors going to come into Philadelphia without their point guard and smack you around like that? Listen, Listen, this is a series now. This is a series. So, Wasn't a good third quarter for Philly at all. Probably the worst defensively Joel Embiid's had all season got he got owned up there I think the in the paint it was uh 56 to 36 Toronto outscored Philadelphia by 20 wow and Embiid picked up his fifth foul I like wonder five if, that, is, left if, in the game, if that has so. anything to do with his thumb because look it's it's hard to protect the rim when you only have one hand 
He yeah, might be tentative at the rim because what are you going to do? You can't you can't go up there and and block a shot when there's someone trying to dunk on you. Very if you have a torn ligament in your thumb. So the Phillies are banged up. I mean, when I say the Phillies, I mean the 76ers. Well, <laughs> Phillies we know play baseball. We know what you meant. Yeah. went on record last night after the game. Uh, they asked him if it was on Harden. He said Harden needs to be more aggressively offensively. Something he said repeatedly since Harden was acquired for Ben Simmons at the trade deadline. This is incredible. So, I love this shit. This is actually making my heart warm so, when these these all-stars start talking shit about other all-stars. It's, it's fantastic to me. And he said, I've, I've been saying all season since he got here, he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be himself. That, and I mean, him, that, that's that's like encouraging words. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you just got to You got to score more. You got to go in there and give it your so all. So if James Harden doesn't strike me as a type of guy that's going to go in there and, and tentatively look for his his shots right he seems like a piece of shit and it's all he cares about is shooting and, <laughs> and, and he assists when he's close to they asked him beat if he would boy. ask Harden to shoot more and he basically told him that's not my job Harden said no job. <laughs> so, you know tell him tell the coaching to tell him to shoot more. speaking Since of when are you going to have a star player telling another star player to shoot more kobe would do it no kobe would be like i'll shoot more oh exactly but kobe would be like so Anyway, soft as, as soft. Uh, what do you call well, him? James Charmin? Harden does look a little soft. Um, anyway, speaking of a good all star, there was a good all star last night, an all NBA stud muffin, and that is my boy, Luka Doncic. Luka, what I call him a stud muffin, he is. Look at him. Come on, did you see the shimmy after one of the shots? He's, he's, I think he hit the shot. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like still Guerrero. Jiggling. He's still jiggling because I don't get it with Luka. I don't get Jokic. it either. He's like These a skinny, fat look, yeah. athlete. But I just don't see it with Luca. But when he plays basketball, he's he was unconscious last night. Silk. Unconscious. 33, 13, and five. Bro, is and this is like you went into this game, and I, I, listen, I'm the one who picked Dallas to win the series. So I said it. I was like, if you get you get this guy back and you have it close, you are in striking distance of taking out the Utah Jazz. They can do that. And by the way, I'm gonna say and going on record right now. Our guy from the Jazz is not going to be a member of the Jazz next year. Jalen Mitchell? Mitchell's out. Oh, no, he is yeah. out. He is 1,000% I think that's checked been, out. Nobody wants to play in fucking Utah. He's been wanting out for like two years now. The, the Knicks are like a real place for him. And oh, God. No, well, no, you say that, was, and then uh, Kyle coming in the comments saying, thank God the Knicks didn't trade for no, Donovan Mitchell. No, but they Mitchell. want him. Uh, the Knicks, uh, not the Knicks, but Cuban is very mad that, uh, not Cuban, the Utah Jazz owner is mad because there were like Knicks officials sitting front uh, courtside to Jazz games. Watching Donovan Mitchell. Isn't that tampering? I guess so. <laughs> Some variation. No, it's so. called fucking scouting. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I guess you could do that too. Uh, but look, I, I think this is a great series. I think Dallas is going to wrap it up probably in seven. I want to say they probably drop the next one, and then this one's going to go seven. But I like the Mavericks to win the series. I said it from the start. I don't know. The way, the way Utah played yesterday, they're looking like they want to be where the Nets are right now, sitting in Cancun, sipping on a Mai Tai. Yeah, yeah. So that was NBA last night. And obviously we got some games to talk about tonight going down. Um, I don't even know who, I mean, I don't know the order. There we go. Uh, so obviously the Hawks looking to salvage their season. Um, all these picks will be up on uh, the Sauce Network's uh, app. If you're a member of their VIP, his VIP list, go check that out as well. Game five, I think the Heat just kind of put it away. There's a big number. I'm looking at it. It's, it's minus, uh, seven. minus seven. Yes. So it's a big number. And after the performance I saw out of Trey Young last time, I think this one's going to be a, white, a complete wash, and I think Miami takes it. This game's on NBA TV, too. Oh, yeah. my God. Is yeah, this bro, again? Miami, Miami's just relentless on the defense. I was talking about how KD was dealing with hell. Uh, Trey Young is literally in the pit of hell. 
when he's bringing the ball up court. He's getting switched on by Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler. Bro, are you 20 for 57 from the floor, seven for 33 from three points. Yeah, they're absolutely assists, they're having totals. himself a awful season. They're ruining his life. Like I said, they got Bam out of bio pressing him full court. And then once he beats that press, it's Jimmy Butler's waiting for him at half court. There is no, they're, they're just unrelenting on defense. My boy Spo, I sent you the, the clip. Rob, did you see it? I hope not. Did you see it on Instagram? I don't think so. No. I sent you a clip, and it's it's literally highlighting of what I just said, and it's like a highlights of Trey Young just getting terrorized with or without the ball. Miami Heat's team defense is so good. They're going to be a real hard team to beat regardless of who you are. East, West, Miami, man, they, they might be the, the favorite because of the way they play defense, and there is no one guy that you're looking at as, I guess you could say it's Jimmy Butler. He's not really the best shooter, but – they just dish it around. Good team basketball. I want to see a Heat Celtics series really bad. Yeah, Ooh, I think that would be a good that's one. Probably where it's good one. What up, else we right? got on the docket tonight? Yeah. We got. Ba, 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 ba. Ah, yes. Okay. So the Pelicans even the series last. This one's the most interesting because yes. now the Suns are in complete. I think they're in shock right now that this is happening to them, and now they have no Devin Booker. So now the Pelicans. I mean, look, they, they got they got a legitimate chance now. They got some players all of a sudden that are going crazy. And just so you know, Kyle, coming in, 94% of the money is on the Miami Heat. So that is – a lot of people are saying they're just going to put them away and it's going to be over. Uh, but this series in particular is probably the most interesting one because the Pelicans don't have – like, what, McCullough? McCullough? CJ McCullough. He is playing out of his mind. Yeah. And, and the, the, the Zion experiment is over, so that he's going to be moved out. Now that they see what they can do without this guy, he's yeah. out. They're going to get capital for well, him. It's going to be great. Series would- would potentially be over if Devin Booker didn't get injured. But he did. He did. You know what I mean? And, so and that's I think the name they, of the game. They still are some players away. A Zion, a healthy Zion would definitely make them a, a better team. So I don't know that we're going to go ahead and say it's over yet, but I'm not saying it's over. I'm just saying the they're struggling. Here. I can't imagine them actually trading Zion though. What, what's the stock? The way they've, the reason why it's hard for me to just come to come to that realization is because They've done nothing but say how injured he's been. Yeah, got a question here. Since Boston put on a clinic defensively in the first round, do you have them as favorites to win the East, or can Miami or the Bucks stop them? You think the Buc- the, the Celtics have? A, I think a right now. I think right now the Celtics should be. the Thank favorites. you for the comment the or they, the question, the way Ryan. They beat up on the Nets. The Celtics optics. They're a really good basketball team. Jason Tatum is looking like he's the star of the Eastern Conference right now. That said, Ugh. Miami Heat's team basketball is <laughs> Miami Miami Heat. The way they're playing defense, I'm not going to count them out. That will be a amazing series to watch. Yeah, talk about 80s 90s basketball. Yeah, that, there for you real. Have it. That's there how you have it. Yeah, gets me excited. Gets me Miami. excited too. I'll be watching the Phoenix Suns also with the Pelicans tonight, and then we round out the Ooh. night with. My boy John Moran, who, by the way, uh, unexpectedly just to, just won. To, just to the, touch on the most improved player. I want to touch on the second part of that question real quick. Oh. I do not think the Bucks have what it takes anymore watching them play. And Kyle's been right all along about their perimeter defense is just too poor. With Middleton out, too. With Middleton just, out, Mr. Midrange himself. So Boston has themselves there. a decent so shot to, to ba- take Boston the East. And I like Philly's I mean, got a little like chink it, in the armor like it, as well. So, yeah. Nick Shine says, trade Z- Simmons for Zion. Neither can play. Zion's wardrobe is just easier on the eyes on the bench. <laughs> I like that. Nick Shine, uh, we, we got along so well, and I was the first one to say, like, you know, the, the, the Knicks and the Nets have the same amount of playoff wins, and he said we were getting along so well. Brandon, <laughs> so. Brandon Ingram, another one for the Pelicans, uh, according to Kyle, last three games, 34, 30, and 37. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. But the end of the game, John Morant wins most thing. improved it's player. A good, it's a good uh, thing now, what did he? Anthony Davis for Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, 
fucking what half season. the team. What a fleecing that was, bro. They they listed all the Lakers that LeBron traded. It's crazy, away and all the and the two that they it's got. I'm saying Bucks the finals confirmed. I guess because we're all we're all we're all writing off <laughs> this the Bucks. Is about what Listen, I picked last the Bucks year, to go last year. I was on the Bucks trains. Uh, Giannis got hurt in the postseason, missed a couple games, and we did. But the Middleton same thing. went absolutely nuts. We, we we did the same thing. We were like, oh, that's it. Yeah, the and they weathered the storm. They win the fucking final. What did John Morant so John say Morant about the most improved, most improved player of the year? But sends the award to teammate Desmond Bain, I guess because he thinks he's the most improved player. Humble. Literally I sends like the whole box, everything to the guy's house. He opens it up and he's like, send this back to 12, man. This is his word. But he sent it to him saying, See, no, man, you're the most improved player. Not give me. me Memphis in the West. I like I That's it. a great team and that's a great teammate. Uh, but they're going to be able to uh, – can they finish this now? No, not Yeah, they can. My, they're my not 2-2, two, two, right? solidifies my John Morant fanhood because uh, we were talking about it yesterday or all week. Nobody believes that John Morant's the most improved player because I think he was a star in this league already. I think he was the biggest snub in the All-Star game last year. And I mean, look, he was in the MVP conversation. He's in the MVP conversation. He was improved, but that's – the progression you would expect to see a second round, a second pick overall make right. in year three. Right. So. All right. Well, that's the NBA docket. And before we get to our guest, I do have to ask you a question, Gooch. Yeah. Are you worried that you'll run out of money in retirement? Are you? You probably are, right? I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to retire. Dave, That's true, too. I, I think we're going to yeah. be doing this show until we're 97 years old, and we're like, I can't believe LeBron is <laughs> so <laughs> playing basketball. <Ronnie>. Anyway, <laughs> if you're worried about your money in retirement or how long, uh, or I'm sorry, how you'll pay for your long-term care in or needed, with your fa- will your family be okay? I mean, look, yeah. if we're family guys, we got to worry about our families, right? Well, guess what? Stop worrying. Start planning. And that's right. Michael Fusco can help you guys. As the president of Fusco Insurance Agency, Michael can work with you to create a com- comprehensive retirement plan. He'll explore using life insurance and annuities to help you build a more secure future so you can worry less now. Who wants to worry now? Nobody. Um, call 718-701-5787 to schedule your complimentary consultation. That's on us, folks. Chop Sports is paying for your consultation. Just kidding. He's just doing it for free out of the kindness of his heart. He's a good guy. That's 718-701-5787. The disclosure, of course, guarantees and protections are subject to claims paying ability of the issuing company. Some insurance policies are not available in all states. Fusco Insurance Agency. Come, go check him out. And uh, I talked to Mike yesterday, and he was uh, crunch for time. But I definitely want to catch up with him. It's been a while. It's been a while. But anyway, so we definitely are uh, excited about Fusco's newest. Yes, yes, yes. But by the way, we also have to take care of other members of our families. And so we're talking boys, about our balls. Spring has officially sprung. You know what that means. It's swamp ass season. So if you want to give your ladies a nice butt crack snack, you're going to want to make sure that your ass crack is nice. Holy and shit. Clean, a butt crack snack. Right? You don't want that grundle going on. She doesn't want to. She's not looking to floss down there. boys. Oh, she's looking to uh, eat a nice Christ. little meal. So make sure your butt crack is nice and clean. It works on the balls. It reduces the, the <laughs> risk of nicks and cuts. You could even do oh, around Lord. your titties. You could put shapes. You could draw an arrow in your gut hair. All those good things with the Manscaped. <laughs> Performance Package 4.0, it comes equipped with the LED, 400K LED Lawnmower 4.0. It has the Plow 2.0 razor for your face. It has the weed 
whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You are. It also, you don't have a reed in front no, of you anymore. This is great. It also has the butt crack lather and asshole cream. <laughs> now, we, we know that that's not <laughs> what it's actually called, but it does come with two elixirs that if you mix them together, elixir. it becomes one elixir. We have the anecdote, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, oh my it, God. It, I, I would recommend ladies, though, Bro, don't, don't, butt cracks. don't go for your butt crack snack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't go for your butt crack snack after they, they lather up with this elixir oh. because it might have a little bad taste to it. Um, doesn't taste like copper, like a penny, which I was told you know, that you know. once upon a time, if, if you, you know, know, you know. You know. <laughs> So um, right, yeah, we go over to manscaped.com. Use oh. the promo code Shop Sports. You get twenty percent off canceled. the uh, <laughs> the performance package. All right, that's perfect. And also, make sure you massage your balls later and make sure there's no lumps because yes. April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and we need to make sure that we give out these mm. butt crack snacks for years to come. <laughs> Dude, that might have been the best one you've ever done. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. Guys, behind every great sports fan is a spouse or a significant other that tirelessly puts up with us day in and day out, and sometimes they're even bigger fans than we are. At Chop Sports, we're all about helping all brands expand their business. And today, we want to talk to you guys about a women's clothing company out of North Carolina called Lilac and Sage Boutique. Tell them, Dita. Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned, LEL spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. They were founded by those who serve. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. They have all sorts of amazing styles, ranging from women's tops, rompers, to sundresses. I myself have already purchased way too many items, and I'm coming back for more. Guys, you have to act now, and at checkout, be sure to let them know you heard about them via Chop Sports by entering the code CHOP10 and get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Visit them online right now at www.lilacsageboutique.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at lilacsageboutique. And join their mailing list like I did so I don't miss any of their new arrivals. You heard it from the producer herself, ladies and gentlemen. Check out lilacsageboutique.com. Bravo. Take a bow. And even, look, uh, guys that I don't even know, but Ryan coming in, <laughs> butt crack snack. Like, that is the new, and hashtag, butt crack snack. So, therefore, there is your word of the day, folks. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we bring in our guests. So, get ready for the, the chain. I'll bring them in. You bring on the uh, the Connor interview graphic. You could bring that up right now. Um, what you call it? Uh, there you go. Bing, bang, boom. There's my guy. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a draft expert. Okay. I don't care what anybody said. Are you rocking a mullet nowadays, bro? Got a little bit of one going. That a boy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> excited about this. He is he is a member of the bloggingtheboys.com army. He also does his own podcast. He does his own writing, and he spent like three years on this draft prep. He's got a guide available right now. He's wearing a badass Dallas hat, by the way. You can find that. Ben Denouch is uh, uh, representing that one. Uh, Connor Livesley, what's going on, brother? It's going. I don't even know how to follow up after the manscaped. Uh, that was that was <laughs> a common scene here. We always, we, we do, do the, the we do the reads read. right before our guests, just so they're very uncomfortable when they're joining and us. No, honestly, it lightens it up a little bit. It does. It does. <laughs> I loved so, it. Lo- loved it. 
Yeah. So anyway, it is obviously the greatest time of the year for guys like yourself. You know, you've been prepping for this for so long. Uh, I actually told Gooch uh, about you a little bit. And I said, look, he's not your prototypical Cowboys guy. It was fucking adorable. I was like, he's not your Cowboys guy to the the point where like, oh, the Cowboys are the best. They do the best. They always do the best. As a Connor is actually the opposite of all of that he's one of the cowboy haters no i'm kidding no you got to be critical you got to be critical you you got to look at it from like as if you were the gm what would you right yes yes so obviously i got your uh your guide okay and and thank you for that because times are tough nowadays and i can't afford the five bucks uh no i'm kidding but you have (laughs) a a beautiful guide laid out here you spent all this time on it guys if you want check that out you can follow him on um, which I'm gonna call at Connor. Uh, yeah, Twitter. It's at Connor Draft, right? Yeah, Connor NFL Draft. Connor NFL Draft. Perfect. Yep. So you, you can buy that. So we did our Chop Sports mock draft last night. So what we had was we had myself and Gooch were here, and of course Rob was in the background. We had Officer Chris Payne, New York finest. Um, he was here as well, helping out the Jets picks. We had some of the fans of these teams make the picks. Now I was referring to your mock draft the entire night, like saying like, okay, well this wasn't, I basically, he used yours as a critique to say, oh, well that might've been a reach. Right. And only based off yours. So I do want to go over this mock draft and I want you to tear it to shreds. But before I do that, I got a couple questions for you. All right. Based off your mock draft and based off ours, you know what? Let's go through the mock draft because the, the questions will be literally littered in within the mock draft. There was a surprise at pick number one, Connor. Okay. The Jaguars in which I'm just referencing your pick here. You have the Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. Right. The Jaguars representative came in here yesterday. He's a Jaguars. He's a Jaguars fan. So like he, he he wants, he, instead of rushing the quarterback, he wants to protect Protect. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So he's going Ekem Ekwanu. Okay. Okay. Do you agree with – is there a legitimate possibility that they kind of – not shock everybody, but at least kind of, you know, kind of flip this on its ear right away? I mean, it almost kind of seems like that's the direction they're going now, which is away from what I have them doing. But it's been a lot of Trayvon Walker and then Akeem Aquanu talk here recently. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they decide to go Aquanu because they don't have – you know, they franchise tag Cam Robinson. He's going to be their left tackle. Uh, Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Um, he's a you know couple years in his NFL career, but he's at right tackle and he's kind of struggled. He's one of those second round right tackles that everybody hopes that they'll draft and they'll work out, but he hasn't really worked out a ton there. They drafted Walker Little last year and it hasn't been great. So I could see them drafting uh, Iquanu there and just really shoring up the offensive line. And Iquanu could be a really good guard too. So they have a lot of bodies at offensive tackle, but they don't really have that second guy that stepped up to step in and play right tackle alongside uh, Cam Robinson. So they could draft Aquanu and just really look to bolster that offensive line and really add good depth to it. If, you know, Walker Little emerges as a starting right tackle, they could put him at right tackle and Aquanu at guard. Um, and again, it's, you know, Robinson's on a one-year deal right now with the the franchise tag. So they could always, you know, have it play out that way for a year and then have Aquanu take over at left tackle next year. So wouldn't surprise me. I still think they probably go edge rusher, whether it's Hutchinson or Walker. But, I mean, Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl with Lane Johnson, um, you know, with Jason Kelsey, all those guys on the offensive line. So I think they could look at doing that similar style with Jason Peters and Jason Kelsey and, Lane Johnson in Philadelphia, and now try to build up that offensive line uh, in Jacksonville to help protect Lawrence. That's a good point. That, yeah, and they drafted why, the quarterback see, first. Did you overall. hear all that? <laughs> drafted the quarterback one. first overall. It makes sense. And you you mentioned the right tackle. 
typically the next step in a right tackle's career that's a guy that's struggling is they would shift him to guard first. So it right. makes sense. I think they should take the tackle because I think there's a premium at edge. They pick it high in the second round. They'll be able to get a guy that they need there. But my question is, look, without getting too far ahead, we had the Texans taking Trayvon Walker at 13 overall, which to me, as he was making that pick, I think it was one of those guys that everyone either A, forgot about, or B, just right. nobody really believes because he's such a late riser in this whole draft process. Do you think there's a real possibility that he, that he actually leapfrogged? Is he, is he the minus 200 favorite now? Yeah. He's yeah. the minus 200 yeah. favorite according to all the betting sites. So is, are yeah. you hearing whispers about that? No, I mean, I think that they're – I mean, I think two weeks ago I bet, you know, 65% that Aiden Hutchinson would have went number one. But, I mean, I think you could probably go 33-33-33 with Trayvon Walker or Akeem Aquanu wow. and Aiden Hutchinson. Wow. It's, 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 wow. so and should, it wouldn't surprise me if Hutchinson or Aquanu – I mean, uh, Walker or Aquanu go over Hutchinson just because – I mean, we've heard it all this draft season, but Hutchinson's more of the safer – maybe not the higher ceiling player, but the safer four. And if you're drafting number one and you got a guy like Trayvon Walker, who's just, I mean, a freak athlete, Akeem Aquan, who's also a really good athlete, um, you could just go for the higher ceiling player there for Jacksonville, who already has bodies on the offensive line. And then they have good pass rushers. They drafted a pass rusher a couple of years ago in Caleb on chase on who hasn't done great so far, but he's linked link to the Cowboys linked to the Cowboys yeah, he, for a little while. Yeah. Little, little work in progress there, but Josh Allen's a stud. Um, you know, he's, he's a stud for them. So they could, they could just go for the high, higher ceiling player, which doesn't necessarily mean they're reaching, but they might just view that, that potential production, um, that potential projection as more of a sure thing than the safe player. Now you got the Detroit Lions coming up number two. Now, do you think now we had a Detroit, not a fan, but at least a Michigan fan do this pick. So obviously staying home. Is this a situation where the Lions kind of run up to the podium right now and, and snag their Michigan native here? With yeah, I would think so. I mean, if, if, if he doesn't go on, it's just, I don't even see how he could definitely go to um, definitely not go to, I should say. It's just if Hutchinson's still on the board too. I mean, he played at Michigan, you know, Dan Campbell just, probably eats up the, his his workouts his, his interviews he's just a dan campbell type of guy so yeah i would be shocked if he wasn't the picket two if he isn't the picket one it'd be crazy to me if if the jags did i end up going tackle to start things off and then the lions are left with the choice between picking the local guy and picking the the potential higher ceiling guy and they actually passed up on hutchinson that would be yeah. very lying I, just, that would, I would throw the first few picks into a, a mess because we've all kind of had Hutchinson penciled in there and we've all had Iquanu kind of is the guy that if they don't go Hutchinson they probably go Iquanu but if it goes and Hutchinson isn't there you know it doesn't go in the first two picks then who knows what could happen from that point on because it could get crazy for the lines I feel like if Hutchinson's there you have they have to like yeah, it's it almost, be a no-brainer yeah I mean like, yeah. we got somebody coming in, yeah somebody coming in the comments Mike Salerno he's a he's a Michigan guy he said the Lions 2022 merchandise sales would be through the <laughs> roof if they get a Hutchinson jersey on the shelf and I agree with yeah. that so that seems like the the logical thing number three the Houston Texans they got they need a lot of work obviously you have them taking Evan Neal to work on their offensive line in this mock draft Evan Neal falls a couple spots, and the Texans try to make the big splash and grab the best cornerback in the draft in Sauce Gardner. Can you see this happening? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, it, it's interesting because you, I think you could see a corner go two as well if Hutch, Hutchinson does go one. I mean, wow. the Lions are pretty pretty good at tackle right now. They drafted Pinay Sewell uh, a couple years ago. Um, they have a good right tackle too, so it's not like they're desperate in need of uh, protection on up front. So they could go 
pass rush, you know, if, if Trayvon Walker is still there or if Aiden Hutchinson somehow is there, or they could look and do uh, one of those corners, whether it's Derek Stingley, which I know for a while he was falling a bit, but I think his workout and people kind of finally realized, okay, yeah, he hasn't had great tape over the last two years. He's been banged up, but if he's healthy, he's the real deal. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Stingley or Sauce Gardner are the picket too. I like it. Who do you feel, three, who do you feel is the bigger – who has the uh the bigger ceiling, um, Singletary or Sauce Gardner? Stingley, or Stingley. Stingley, oh, Stingley, or, yeah. Stingley or Sauce Gardner? Stingley for sure. I mean, it it and not to say that Sauce Gardner doesn't have a high ceiling, but I mean, Stingley's just a freak athlete. Um, I mean, his, his athleticism just showed up on tape in 2019 um, easily, and he's not the biggest dude. He's not the longest guy, but I mean, his, his speed and movement patterns and skills is just, it's, it's really fun to watch, which is why he's still being talked about as a guy who could go top 10 because the tape the last two years hasn't been good. He's has injuries. And the only reason he's still in that discussion is because of how good of an athlete he is and how high his ceiling could be if he does stay healthy and reach it. I hear that. Now, look, there's going to be a lot of people on the edge of their seats right now because there's a lot of Jets representation here. And it looks like Ryan coming in with a, a comment here saying Jets have the longest active streak of missing the postseason. Uh, this, they can really turn this around with the fourth and tenth pick. Now, in your mock draft, just so happens that you nail the same thing that they did over here. And the pick is Kayvon Thibodeau. Is that the clear cut? The edge rusher is the guy that goes to the New York Jets and changes the landscape of that defensive line. I mean, it could be, you know, it, I think it's one, I think they take the top rated edge on their board, whether that's, you know, if Thibodeau somehow goes in front of, you know, Hutchinson's still there, whatever it is, you know, again, we just talked about how the draft could kind of go crazy this year in the top three or four picks, but I think they take whatever that top rated edge rusher is um, at four because their receiver options are still going to be really good there at 10. Um, so I think they're not going to feel the need to draft a receiver at four and then see what edge is there at 10. I think they'll take that top rated edge because Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are all graded pretty similar. They can take a guy, you know, the third edge rusher and still feel really good about that and then possibly get the first or second receiver at 10. Um, I would like Thibodeau a ton in New York. I mean, I think with Quentin Williams, with John Franklin Myers, they have some, you know, really talented guys up front there. So if they can put a Thibodeau with uh, with some of those, you know, front seven defenders and then get a receiver at 10, that would be, uh, be a great haul for them. Another resident Jets fan coming in asking, is there any steam to Jermaine Johnson over Tibbs? No, I think I, – I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen because we've seen stuff like that happen all the time. But I, I think the Jermaine Johnson hype might be – you know, not not all the way blown out, but it's it's kind of getting back to where I think it needs to be. Um, I know a lot of people talked about him being like a top 10 lock for a long time. And I have him graded like he's like my last first round grade. So he's like 21, I think. Um, wow. I like okay. Jermaine Johnson, but I just I still think there's some things that he has to improve on um, and play with more consistency. And I think there's a pretty large gap between. Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, and then your Jermaine Johnsons and George Karloftis and those guys. That's my question. So if the if the if the draft starts off with the Jags taking Walker, Lions taking Hutchinson, Texans take uh, Thibodeau, right? Do the Jets reach here on a corner, or do we go for Jermaine Johnson? I don't think the Jets are taking a corner. No, I don't think if the, Jets if, the, a if the three edge guys comes off the comes off the board, we're not going to nope. take a wide receiver at four. I would take him. I would take Gardner there. Sauce Gardner at four. Yeah, yeah. if right. the three edges sense. are gone, if if you're telling me that Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and Walker are gone, 
And I mean, again, they could go, they could go tackle too, because there's a lot of talk about, you know, Makai Becton not really working mm-hmm. out there and they could be potentially trying to move him, whatever that is. But um, I think that if, if it would come down then to, do they like the tackle or do they like the corner more? I mean, I don't think, I think, they're they're, I think the jets are taking a hog or, or a, a guy that's playing up front on the defense. If one they way take or the a tackle, other, Robert Salah wants one of his guys, wants something that he could play with. I don't think it's going to be sauce Gardner. I we'll just say, based off of how it plays out. You know what I mean? We'll see who's on the board. Um, the uh, ever so hated New York football giants come up off, off the next uh, next pick. And when I just say that based off Cowboys fans and, your, and yourself, Connor. Uh, but the Giants, they have many, many things to address uh, on this team. But offensive line protecting their, I guess, quote, franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. The pick uh, on your end is the guy who went number one overall. So you went with uh, Iquanu at the Giants pick. We have Evan Neal over here. Do you think that's where the Giants go no matter what uh, offensive tackle, offensive, obviously the offensive line being addressed? Yeah, and the only reason I went Evan Neal is because if let's say Quanu and Evan Neal are still available there when the Giants are on the clock. They like Andrew Thomas a lot at left tackle, so I think it's about finding the right tackle at that point. And Evan Neal has, has played right tackle at Alabama. Um, he's played left tackle too. I think he's the better right tackle prospect. So for them, I think you're you're talking about two guys who are graded pretty similar um, in a similar range. I, I Evan Neal's my number one overall player. I just don't think you see guys who are that big, that strong, that athletic, the moves that freely and easy, um, that plays with the power that that he does. So I think he's the best prospect in this draft. Um, but I think for them, again, you got to understand like when I'm when I'm building my board, I'm doing it from a 32 team perspective. So the Giants might look at it and go, hey, right tackle is a bigger need for us. We've seen this guy play really good at right tackle. We're going to have him as a higher grade than Akeem Kwanu. So right. they might view Evan Neal as the better player, even though I could look at it as, OK, this guy's a better left tackle. It's just it's the way I do it based on what teams do, based on their needs and their prototypes and all that. Um, I like Evan Neal a lot. Like I said, I think he can play left tackle or right tackle. For the Giants, it just made a ton of sense because they seem to really like uh, Andrew Thomas at left tackle, and then they would get their the, the top-graded offensive line on my board that could also be their top-rated right tackle. All right, cool. Um, now, this was interesting because we got to the sixth pick, and it was the Carolina Panthers, and we didn't have a Panthers rep. So what we did was I picked one, he picked one, and then we had the the voice you're hearing. That's our boy Rob. He, he kind of like split the difference and, and went okay. with somebody. So in this draft, it's Malik Willis. In your draft, it's Kenny Pickett. Who's the better quarterback prospect here if the Carolina Panthers go here? Is it is it to your to your knowledge and to your understanding, Kenny Pickett's the most NFL ready? Is that why you have him here? Uh Malik Willis is my highest graded quarterback. Kenny Pickett's probably the most ready, but mainly it's just the ties. I mean, my Matt Rule uh recruited Kenny Pickett at Temple when Temple, he was at right. Temple. And then, you know, with with the just relationship he has with Kenny Pickett. And needing a guy to play probably sooner than two or three years down the road, which is more than likely what Malik Willis is going to be looking at doing. Um, I think that that just made more sense for them, even though again, Malik Willis's ceiling is is extremely high. He's a great athlete. He's a good runner. Um, he has insane arm talent, but he's just he's going to need at least a year, I think, to sit behind somebody and really grow and develop um, and just in and quick quicker. You know, he's got to process things quicker. He's got to see the field better. He's got to learn to go through his progressions better. Um, and he's just, he's a smaller guy that I think you do have some concerns of the the injury stuff cropping up, but 
um, for the the ties and the the relationship that Matt Rule has with Kenny Pickett, I would think that that if they do go quarterback, I think Kenny Pickett makes just a little bit more sense for the Panthers. And according to our resident uh, hedger, handicapper, better guy, our, our boy, the sauce, Kyle Kerms, coming in saying that Kenny Pickett is actually plus 150 to be the first quarterback drafted. So that's some plus money over there. And if that's if everything you're saying is true as far as the the, the relationship he has with rule and stuff, that's a very good possibility. And I, I like that yeah. pick there. Mike Salerno coming in. Is there any value to taking a wide receiver here if they don't love any of the QBs? <laughs> considering you know they they really they really hit a home run with tony last year so i'm sure no that i'm not <laughs> no, this, for the, this Panthers, is the giant yeah. no the giants oh. are next uh but uh dj yeah, moore is one of, my DJ Moore's one of the guys in this yeah. league is there value in doing that but then but then you're stuck there with sam darnold or a possible yep. they also don't pick again until like 80 uh, fourth round yeah so that was my, that was even my question to you is i saw reports this morning saying that they might move back because they don't have a, a pick again to like 137 yeah so i think they love I think one I think they'd like to move back, but I just don't know if anybody's going to be interested in moving up. Yeah, there's not I think that there's one be a lot of quarterback teams. where you're going to see a bunch of teams jumping up to get the receivers. There's a ton yeah. of them. So even at this point, there's there's the best one available. So if there's a team that really covets a specific wideout, I think that's their best bet. How about if like Thibodeau or Sauce Gardner or even uh, Walker sitting there at sixth? You don't see anybody <laughs> jumping up. Maybe the Patriots or they, don't they have two picks? The Eagles like have the a couple Patriots picks. are more liable to trade out yeah <laughs> up. yeah i mean i think you could see a team move up for let's just say akeem aquan who's still there at six and i could see carolina needs up. offensive line help so you'd think they'd probably sit there and draft him but i mean for me it would be you know an akeem aquan who's still being there possibly a sauce gardener you know I, I could see a team moving up for a corner because you've kind of got stingley and gardner and then there's some health questions with some of those next guys, some arm length and size questions with some of the other guys. So I could see a team moving up for, you know, one of those top at three edge rushers, one of those top corners or Akeem Aquanu or Evan Neal, if they're there. But I just, I, I think a lot of teams, there's like, there's so many consolation prizes this year where you just mm. don't need to give up the capital because you can sit and pick that second or third guy and still feel really good about him. There's just not also, a lot of, you also, not a lot of blue chip at the top of this draft. Right. Might, might take some of the leverage away from some of these teams that are picking, and you might see some of these picks get traded for less in return because Carolina really is desperate. They're not one pick away. Right. If they're planning on picking a quarterback, you're looking at the Chiefs. They need a wide out. They have a lot of draft capital at the back of the first round. They also have two second round picks. I could see the Chiefs maybe moving up to get a stud wide out and paying him on a rookie salary rather than but like I said, like like you were saying, I just don't know that even the Chiefs still might not have the capital because it's a back end of the first round. A few questions from the uh, from the from the chat here. Ryan coming in saying that the Panthers have uh, a competitive roster outside the quarterback position. They need to mail. Uh, what is this? Nail this. Is there any chance that that there's a that any sense to a Baker Mayfield going to Carolina? I mean, I, I would trade for one of those veterans if i was i mean they don't have a lot of capital so it'd have to be a 2023 draft pick i mean right. you're not gonna give you're not gonna give up six for any of those guys but correct i mean you you got you got plenty of cap space you have no draft capital this year sam darnold's your quarterback so if you don't love kenny pickett or malik willis yeah then you draft the offensive tackle or corner there and then you you know you float a you know third Jimmy round G. pick next year for baker jimmy garoppolo See, right. i don't even think yeah. third, third for baker is is worth it I, no, I, don't I don't either. I don't either. I mean, that's, I, I, I mean, next year's. I'll do next year's third for Baker. I guess, but then you're you're pretty much handcuffing yourself with that that new contract situation with Baker as well. 
where he's going to want to get his yeah, option picked up, bit, and now right? he wants to get paid. He does not. He hasn't done as anything in my eyes to deserve a, a big time deal. I don't and think so either. Kind of looking I don't for. think so either. But there's definitely none of these quarterbacks on this draft that I could see Carolina well, stepping in. I'd much right rather now. kick the tires on on Jimmy G because he's at the, he's already on his second deal and he's kind of established as to what kind of player he is in the league. I don't think he has these aspirations to be a top 10 guy where Baker still thinks he's, he's uh, yeah, <laughs> cat's pajamas question from uh, the, the chat here. And this is a gambling question. Of course, question for Connor under two and a half quarterbacks drafted in the first round at plus plus one ninety. Does Matt Corral make the first round? And based off of your mock, I, I saw, I saw obviously Willis had, goes later. Three guys. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you, it was Ritter at 32. Oh, you have Ritter at that 32 to the yeah. Lions. Matt Corral's being yeah. invited to the draft, too. I don't know if everybody oh, knows this. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's being be in invited. So how long is he going to sit in that green room for? Three days. Three days. <laughs> what do you think? So two and a half quarterbacks, you have three. So you're saying slap the over? I think I think there's a good chance three goes. I mean, I think Carolina – I think. I mean, it's it's still 50-50 for me. It, it's, it's just tough because if Carolina doesn't go quarterback, it could be – well. 20 if he's, until if the first if he's saying it's 50-50, Kyle, then I, I'm I'm saying that the math is on the side of betting the under because yeah, it's plus I, 190. So 50-50. I would agree. I mean, like I said, it, it starts with Carolina there because if Carolina goes quarterback, I'd say for sure, I think three go because I think that Detroit will probably take one at 32. But if Carolina doesn't go to quarterback, and then Pittsburgh. I mean, you're, looking, you're looking at Pittsburgh at 20, that's probably the first team that then – would take one. I don't think the Saints are going to be. I was just going to say in our mock draft, and we'll skip around a little bit uh, on the sake of, yeah, for the sake of time. Get, yeah. uh, but Kenny Pickett is drafted 19th to the Saints in this in this draft. So right. the, you don't think the Saints will try to make a quarterback play here? I don't. I still think the Saints are going to move up again using those. Two, like I think they might trade those two first round picks to possibly move up for a tackle. I think that's. I think that was maybe their plan all around is hey let's get up and then trade. What is it 16 and 19 or Something like that, sixteen and yeah, nineteen to get up to 18, six. I think. Yeah, so whatever those picks are, I think that they could they could look to make another move up for an offensive tackle. I don't think it would be. I mean, it, it would be crazy for them to trade up that much capital for one of the quarterbacks this year, in my opinion. But all right, so the uh, according to your mock draft, the first receiver that goes off the board is Drake London at, at ten to the Jets. Do you still feel that way? I think so. I mean, he's my wide receiver five. So if it was me drafting, I would not take Drake London first. But I mean, the Jets, they kind of have their Garrett Wilson, you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris, like they have that guy in Elijah Moore to a certain extent. I mean, different players, but very similar body types, very similar right. explosiveness, speed. They need that big body possession guy that they can catch the balls over the middle, stretch the field and take some of that pressure off of Elijah Moore with some size contested catchability and just do some more things, you know, in the red zone. Um, because I mean, Elijah Moore had a great rookie season, but I think as a smaller undersized explosive athlete, you know, there'll, there'll be ways that defenses could kind of limit his impact. We, we, we've seen that with, with some of these smaller guys that that can't really win as a route runner on the outside consistently. So I think getting a guy like Drake London would take some pressure off of him and give them a different body type and style of receiver um, to help Zach Wilson out. All right. So I have a question only because I know that we got Ibby probably listening and he's the Falcons fan. And I know we skipped ahead of eight and we we're talking about wide receivers. We have in this mock, we have Jamison 
Jamison Williams going eight overall to the Falcons, and Ibby it made the pick himself. He's a Falcons fan, so I know that's what he wants to do. Is, is that an Dave absolute need, considering? Like, would, considering, like, would well, they the, lost? the Falcons need a lot. Yes. Receiver yeah. is a definite need for them because Calvin Ridley's situation, and I think he's on his way out anyway. But um, do you? you said you have Drake London as your fifth. Where do you put Jamison Williams? Um, I have it. I think he's my third guy. Um, as I pull up my board, I want to say he is my wide receiver three because I want to say it's Garrett Wilson. I think I have a Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and then yeah, you have him as three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and again, like if he didn't have the late season ACL, I'd probably have him at two. That just deciding factor there is how much of training camp is he going to miss? How much of the start of the season is he going to miss? And the the bad thing for for like. Jamison Williams is a lot of these teams that need receivers early, like the Jets, like the Giants, you know, like some of these teams who could be drafting receivers in the top 15 or 20. They got young quarterbacks who probably need that training camp with that number one guy to really yeah, build a relationship a and build that, you know, feel with. So I think that if you got a young quarterback and then you drop in a young receiver that's probably not going to do a ton in training camp and preseason it just sets yourself it sets yourself up for a bumpy year one, which again, you're drafting these guys for five, six, seven years down the road. So don't let year one scare you away from year five. But I just think for Zach Wilson, if you drop in Jamison Williams, who doesn't do anything for the first four or five months of his career, is that really going to help him out? And I think they're trying to see what they have in him, try to turn it around a little bit quicker than that. So I have a question uh, based off of, again, this mock draft, one very, very big uh, separation uh, is the guy that was drafted in our draft at 18 to the Eagles. You don't have him moved until the 31st pick to the Bengals. Nicobe Dean, tell me something about him that you're not liking, the fact that he falls this long. I love Nicobe Dean. Um, like I said, me, I do. I, I, when, I, when I did that mock, I, I, I want to say it's not, hey, this is what I would do. It's like, hey, this is what I think is going to happen in the first round. And it just sounds like the NFL is – scared of Nicobe Dean's size and he, you know, he didn't test it all this year. He, he had a, you know, banged up. Um, I think he had a banged up knee is what he told me on when I interviewed him the other day, but he, he's had, he had some injuries that didn't allow him to test this year. So he's a small banged up middle linebacker inside linebacker um, that I think teams are going to go are really going to spend a top 20 pick on a guy who we don't really know how fast he is we don't really know how much he can bench. We don't really know his his agility. But you turn on his tape, and he's just he's one of the best players in this class. He was the best player on the Georgia defense by far. Out of all of those Georgia guys, he was the best player. And I don't think it's even a conversation um, that you can have. Um, just watching him play, he was the leader of that defense. He was the most talented player on that defense. Um, so for me, I love N'Kobe Dean. I mean, I would take him in the top 12 um, if it was up to me. But – I can see where the NFL is going. We don't draft linebackers high. We don't draft small linebackers that high. We don't draft small linebackers that haven't tested and have been banged up that high. So I could see him falling quite a bit, possibly even out of the first round, which I know has been a topic of discussion recently. Wow, He's six right. foot two twenty five, very small, very undersized. But like he said, he was the leader of that defense. They would line him up at slot corner at, at yeah. regular corner. He's making interceptions. He's all over that field. Yeah, he's, he's just he's, very he's... undersized. But in the NFL today, 
you kind of need those linebackers to be like that to stay on these tight ends who are now basically just regular receivers. He now. said that uh, we got our buddy Mike, so amazing gaming NJ coming in saying the cons on Dean is that he struggles to shed blocks uh, in, in space, the ability to finish versus the bigger linemen. So that could be a, a knock on his game. He is undersized, as we just said, right? I mean, I don't even think that's a struggle of his because he didn't get himself in that situation a ton of times because of his instincts. Like he, He's able to beat linemen to space so many times that, That's I mean, true. again, he's a smaller guy. So if you get, you know, chest to chest with a 325 pound lineman, you're probably going to lose that. Battle. Like, yeah, in the NFL, he's, he's going to get blocked sometimes. That's all happens that the NFL guys know how to block. Imagine that. All right, a right. couple more questions on the home front. And when I say home front, I mean my squad, his yeah, squad. I got some, I got so some we got some questions, obviously. So the Dallas Cowboys, at tw- are they before the Packers? No, then you know what? We have to no. start with the Packers then because they're before. Train. So I'm just going to cover this the is now, listen, of it. Just so you know, based off of your mock last night, it lines up with his. Really? It does. All right. So I took trail on bird. I didn't even read yours before I did mine. So now I know that I'm a smart guy because you sound <laughs> like you know what you're talking about. So my question is with the Packers needing a receiver, they have an obvious need at receiver. They also have a need, a need at tight end. Do you think there's a chance that they package a first and a second to move up higher to get one of their receivers? Or do you think that a trail on Burks is good enough and will fall to them at 22? I think they'll sit and pick just because, I mean, they haven't been a team that's drafted receiver a ton in the first round anyways. And I don't have had to. Yeah. Like they kind of have to this year. You would think, even though I I still wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, because there could be a situation where they have a really good defense. You know, if Jordan Davis is somehow there, Devontae Wyatt's still somehow there. Maybe they go, look, this guy's too good to pass up. And they have the luxury of being able to pick in five picks. Right. So you can kind of wait and see who's the best player available there here. The only bad thing is, is a lot of those teams slammed in between them also. Um, you have the receivers. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Traylon Brooks in that offense would be a ton of fun. I mean, he's not Devontae Adams by any means. He's, he's pretty raw as a route runner. His route trees uh, pretty limited, but that's mainly because of what he was asked to do at Arkansas. But you talk about a guy that you can run those, you know, hot slants and hot screens with, with Aaron Rodgers and break tackles and, just so, so now my player. question is this, because I've always had this thing about route running and he doesn't run the entire route tree. I've struggled with that because I really do feel like that is a lot of scheme in the NFL and in and in college, especially where I feel like it, with the athleticism that Traylon Burks has to say that he doesn't have the complete route tree. Is it because he's just taking false steps? What would you say the reason behind that analysis comes from? Because I just don't see it with a lot of these guys. I mean, he's he's two hundred and. He played at like 233 pounds, so he's just a bigger it's a big dude. boy. It's a big boy. He isn't, he isn't the most flexible. He isn't the most loose, sudden athlete. So coming in and out of those sharp breaks is a little stiff for him because he's six foot two. You know, 232 pounds. Big receivers too. So yeah. But again, like I mean, the the simple slants, the simple you know deep posts and corner routes and stuff like that. He's fine at. It's just you can't expect him to come out and just dominate as a route runner right away just because i mean you don't see 232 pound dudes just would you would you say is the best route runner in this class olave chris olave yep yeah that's the guy that i would i would really like i did pick traylon burks over him yesterday but now this 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 in lies this in lies the million dollar question connor and and this is the one that's been petrifying me keeping me up at night for the last (laughs) couple weeks here so you have the Dallas Cowboys taking Zion Johnson. Okay, last night I drafted Kenyon Green. So we're both in the mindset of an offensive lineman. They need the interior help like like 
like nobody else, right? Like Connor Williams was obviously the experiment for a couple of years and it just didn't work out, right? I don't know if you were one of his stands, but I sure as hell wasn't, right? <laughs> Good for him, right? Great story, great kid. Sorry, nice to see you. So we both have offensive linemen. However, would, we know who Jerry is. I would take that in a heartbeat. We know who Steven is, okay? And now we know that their salary cap stuff is just, you know, it's a nauseating at this point. If a Chris Olave is chilling there at 24, are the Dallas Cowboys going to try to make a splash of receiver and, and replace, not replace Amari Cooper, because I think you just, by default, move everybody up one. You know, I think CeeDee Lamb, when they drafted him, I said he's going to be the number one within the first couple years of his career. I was even calling for it this year when Amari Cooper was on the team. Obviously, he regressed a little bit. Do the Cowboys make a splash, or are we staying safe and, gra- and grabbing that offensive lineman that we absolutely need? I mean, they brought in all the top receivers on 30 visits, so I think that tells you that they're they're not – not going to go that direction. I mean, they, they brought in Olave, they brought in Wilson. I think they brought in Jameson Williams too, brought in Drake London. So they brought in three or four of those Drake Traylon Burks. So they brought in four or five of the top five or six receivers. Um, so I think that kind of, t- and they didn't bring in any of the second round receivers or second round offensive linemen outside of the UNC uh, offensive lineman, who's probably a third round pick, not a second round pick. But I mean, I think that tells you a lot is kind of telling you, Hey, if, probably a CD lamb situation that if Olave's there, if Gary Wilson's there, if Jameson Williams is somehow there, if, I don't think Drake don't think London makes a ton of sense for them. make it past green Bay. If they're on the board personally, I just can't see it happening. But if there's two of those names there, when green Bay is picking, because there's like you were saying, like the top hat, we don't know which team needs what there's a lot of slot guys. There's some outside guys. There's injury situations, right? I just can't see that either of these guys getting passed. No, I'm just saying if they're there, you, you do think it's an absolute possibility that the Cowboys make a splash like they did with CeeDee Lamb. I think I think Arizona is going to draft an interior offensive lineman right in front of Dallas at 23. So if Arizona drafts their guy, and let's just say that it – let's just say Zion Johnson's their guy, and Kenyon Green and Chris Olave are available at 24, I think they would go Chris Olave. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I mean, look, the, the, there are guys you can address in the second, uh, third round. Loki Dave is completely rooting for Chris Olave. I mean, okay. look. I, There's I'm like a gonna, small part of him that's like, yeah, listen, we need offensive listen, line, but I want my when, toy. When they when they drafted CeeDee Lamb, I fell over myself. Physically <laughs> fell over the l- l- little snack table that I had in front of me. I was like, oh, my God. Right, They did it. Will I do that this year with a Chris Olave pick? Probably not. I will be excited if they pick another receiver for Dak, right? And and that's fine. But I really, truly think if they want to get Zeke in this running game going again, they got to bolster up that offensive line. And I'm talking like, you know, we, we're, we're one bad blow of the wind away from Tyron Smith getting hurt again. You know, and I like yeah. the guy and I love him for the leadership that he brings, but he's big tree fall hard mentality. You know, the guy goes down with a stinger every third day of the week. It's, it's, it's alarming. My other cowboy question, if they don't do Olave, would you or would you not kick the tires on John Mechie to third in the second round? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like Mechie a lot. I know I do know, too, but you, you got to wonder about the, the, the you do the simulators and everything, and he's still available in the third round. And people are like, oh, I'll just wait and get him. But I mean, I think John Mechie's going to go around the top 60. So whether that's right in front of Dallas, right after Dallas, I think that that's that's going to be his value is right around that top 60, 65. Um, I mean, I'd be fine with John Mechie at at 56 for sure. I I do. I do really like the guard options that should be there in the second round. I mean, you got Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, Dylan Parham out of Memphis, 
Sean Ryan out of UCLA, Jamari Sawyer out of Georgia. I mean, there's four or five. There's four or five guys that I really, God. really like. Damn it. He's starting to turn okay. me. He's so, starting to turn so, me into the, like, so if the lobby is there, snag him. So my next question is, so out of the Patriots or the Packers, which team is going to draft the next representative of the, of the white wide receivers of America <laughs> Corporation? And who's going to draft Alec Pierce? Because I feel like this guy's been shooting up the draft boards. And obviously, as a Packer fan, I get shades of Jordy Nelson here. Yep. And obviously, the Patriots fans, you know, they they bring a white wide receiver along every couple of years. So <laughs> who's going to be the, who's gonna who's be be the next Wes Walker? Who's going to be the lucky team to inherit this steal in the second round? Because I, I feel think like you just named. I think you just named the two that make the most sense. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, truthfully, I, I, I like it. I like it. All right, couple more before we let you go. I'm sorry if you got to go. Just tell us, man. I don't no, want to keep good. you up. All right, so keep you up as if it's late at night. I, I know he's got <laughs> an actual you know job to do. Um, so anyway, there's two a question that came in from the um, another co- uh, Cowboys question. Oh, there's a question I was looking for. Give me one player who's labeled as a first-round guy that's going to fall out of the first round completely and maybe a surprise first-round pick. Matt Corral. <laughs> so he wants oh. a guy who is labeled a first-round pick who could be there at second and then a surprise. That's a two-part question, right? Yes, yeah. two-part, yes. Okay. Um, I mean, let's, let's – the guy we talked about earlier, Traylon Burks, I think he's a guy that we've been talking about for sure is going to go in the first round. But I could see teams who – some of the things we talked about earlier where it's like, okay, what's he going to do in our offense? Is he, I mean, you compare him to guys like Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, these bigger, more physical, like after the catch guys, both of those guys were second round picks. You know, and that's kind of the comp for a Traylon Burks is you're bigger. You get the ball in his hands. You let him create after the catch. And I think Traylon Burks should go in the first round, but I could see the teams going deep wide receiver class. We're not a hundred percent sold on him as a consistent separator and out route runner. We'll take Sky Moore instead. With, and especially like with, Sky with Moore. guys like and, and Alec Pierce sitting there waiting in the wings with, you know, as a consolation prize who might end right. up being a better player anyway. Right. So Traylon Brooks would be my guy who I could see that we've talked about as a first round, you know, pick that could fall out of the first round. And then a surprise first round pick. Um, I mean, is Quay Walker count? I feel like that's been talked about a little bit. But okay. Georgia Line, I mean, everybody's been – Nicobe Dean, Nicobe Dean for a while, and then it kind of leveled out. But Quay Walker could be the first Georgia linebacker taken. Um, and then I'll just give a I'll give a consolation prize and Nick Benito, the Oklahoma Edge. Um, I think he's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about, but he's just got. I mean, you look at like the college metrics, the pass rush win rate, and the pass rush win rate against you know top talent he's he's at the he's he's above Aiden Hutchinson he's above Kayvon Thibodeau he he he's above those guys in a lot of that stuff so mm. I could see him like being a, a guy that, that teams fall in love with <laughs> everybody sees Let me ask a question. the Jets have the 35th and the 38th right what are the chances that Tyler Lindemann falls to them in the second pretty good Pretty pretty good. See, that, Dave, that, that's you. that's a good that's a you good can answer to get Lindenbaum in the second round. I'm telling you, early second round, he's going to be. He might be that. There. That's a really good answer to the question too that the guy asked about a surprise. I, even though I don't know if that's a surprise anymore because I just think that's been. I, I'm almost just. I'm. A, I'd bet on Tyler Linderbaum being available on day two. Like, Ooh, wow, wow. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Uh, one last Cowboys question for you. Not coming from me. Um, it's from Kyle Kerms, who's. Who's one of those Cowboys fans that don't, uh, re- you know, don't really appreciate the second contracts? Hates the Zeke deal. You know, he's one of those guys. He comes in here and asks um, if the Dallas Cowboys take a quarterback in the late rounds and develop for a couple years. Who is the best candidate? And Brock Purdy better be the answer. 
So will the Cowboys address quarterback in this draft? Probably not. I mean, they, they could do it like they did with, you know, well, Danucci was a draft pick. I was say, they could do it as an I was a favor, not a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, they could do it as a, you know, priority free agent type of deal. Um, I mean, I don't – I just don't think they have enough capital to spend a pick on a quarterback. I agree. When they have a Cooper Rush, a Ben Danucci, a Will Greer, you know, like they have those type of development. Yeah, Cooper Rush is hard to Cooper Rush did beat the Vikings. So you got to give <laughs> – as, as far as backup quarterbacks go, he's proven that he could do the job. Long term, they're they're committed to Dak. I also don't see them doing a quarterback right now. Skylar oh, Thompson's my favorite. One more like, question before we go, because we didn't actually hear anything about your analysis on the tight end position. Ah, Trey the, McBride. Trey is McBride. My guy. I feel like everybody that that looks at the tight end class is fairly fairly thin, though. Correct? There's not really this no, high no. end. Well, it's not high end, but it's I'd say it's deep. It's 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 not top heavy at all, but I think it's really deep this year. So, so are you on the McBride train like some others, like myself? Yeah, yeah. McBride's my tight end one. Jeremy Ruckert's my tight end two. I still really like Isaiah Likely, uh, the Coastal Carolina tight end. He did not test well at all, but I think when you watch him play, he te- he plays like a better athlete than he tested. Um, he blocks a lot. He can play as that detached tight end as well. So I like him a ton. Uh, Kate Otten out of Washington's my tight end four. Greg Dulcich is my tight end five out of UCLA. Jelani Woods is my tight end six out of Virginia. Charlie Collier out of Iowa State is one of my favorite players in this class. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Um, Okawanku out of Maryland. And then Grant Calcaterra out of SMU is how I got those guys ranked out. I like that. I like it. And you can find all of this stuff in Connor's massive, massive breakdown. I got one more thing for you because I'm curious, and I don't know if you were listening to the beginning of the show. The shirt I'm representing is Mike Tavertoff, defensive end from Rutgers, okay? Here's his numbers, okay? His pro day was 47540. He tw- he benched 225 28 times, a 35-inch vertical, and a 9-6 broad jump. If you were to take those numbers, would you say that this kid potentially could land somewhere within like the last day of the draft? Yeah, I mean, those are good numbers for sure. What is he, a defensive lineman? Defensive end, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, the, like I said, the, I feel bad for some of these day three defensive ends because, like, you 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 look at some of these guys, you know, late on day three, and you're like, damn, that, that kid's really good. You know, Dominique Robinson. Um, I mean, there's a ton of dudes who, who I like a lot that are going to be available on day three that probably will be available on day three because there's going to be 30 dudes who get drafted, you know, ahead of them because of mm-hmm. how deep this edge class is. So you're going to – I mean, if, if you're looking for edge – that that could be another thing we see too, that after that first round, after that top six, seven, eight edge rushers are gone, teams might just wait because they feel like they can get really good edge rushers or, or similar caliber of edge rushers – and right. the fourth and fifth round that they could in the second and third round because of how deep it is. Got you. All right, yo, Connor, man, you took a lot of time the to game, join us. Bro. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you so, so much, bro. We will be obviously exchanging uh, thoughts and prayers for the Cowboys <laughs> on Twitter during the NFL draft. Go check out Connor right now, Connor NFL draft on Twitter. He's got his whole breakdown. Go find it. It's $5 for like 75 million pages. I don't even know how many pages this thing is, but it's a, it's a lot. I keep, keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And There's look, player profiles, look, aesthetically everything. pleasing. It's not just as black and white because I'm looking over right, right now. It's done very well. It's, um, it's definitely worth five dollars, especially if you're, if you're a draft nut like some of you guys are. This is the guy to go to. So, Connor, man, thank you so much for coming on the Child Sports Daily, bro. Appreciate y'all. All right, man.
So that is Connor. I'm now I'm the draft expert. Put the uh the the what you call the other background uh, up. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, so that's Connor uh, Livesy. He's he's obviously a really good dude. I I know him because I, I work with him over at bloggingtheboys.com. But he dives heavy heavy into the draft. Connor is that guy. Uh, so for for all of your draft needs, head on over to his Twitter. He is going to be all over it. As we were too, this is a longer show today. We appreciate you sticking with us, guys. Please be sure to like the video and, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. A lot more draft content coming your way this week. Potential guests, who knows? We got a couple more days to go. So for Sturch and what you got? Oh, the Jads. My name. Oh, your name. Sturch and (laughs) my name. And, of course, thank you so much. Big time producing out of Wrestling Rob today. Let's go Miami. Oh, all right. So he's he's taking Trey Young. The day today on Tuesday, April 26th, is the day that Trey Young gets put to sleep. Let's go Miami. Just Heat. hold him down after the game and shave his fucking head already. <laughs> For anybody that I mean, I know you guys weren't really looking at the comments. Did you guys see Kyle's takes on Mel Kuyper? Uh no, I did not. He said well, that Mel Kuyper is actually more accurate than the rest of the guys. He's not wrong. He's probably not wrong. And like I said, there's probably nobody that works harder than Mel Kuyper. That's true. It's, it's got to be like one of the hardest oh, things dude. in the world. Do you know how many players you have to analyze? So we got Ryan asking, what's the topic for tomorrow? Well, we're going to let these games materialize tonight, uh-huh. and we'll have a full slate of NBA games to break down. And Ryan, listen, bro, you're in the comments, right? I would absolutely uh, follow us on all social medias, uh, at Shop Sports Media on Twitter. Hit us up. What do you want to hear? Because we are interactive, boys and like boys and girls, and that's why we talk to you guys throughout the entire show. So definitely uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear about. We have obviously, yes, the NBA slates going down tonight. The Yankees are back in action tonight. The Mets are back in action tonight. Lots to talk about tomorrow on a hump day. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of football sprinkled in because it's draft week. So we'll talk about some of the rumors that we're seeing come out. Is this team going to trade out? Is this team going to trade up? All basically, um, (laughs) we're going to prognosticate. I like that. I like that word. Nick Shine coming in. The Nets and Trey uh, Trey Young losing in 24 hours. Dave's going to do a little something something in his pants. Listen, I'm excited. I I would love to say, like, I already got the Nets out, and now Trey Young's gone the next day? Shit. Come on. That's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. So, Sturge, Gooch, Rob, we'll see you guys tomorrow. But there was this one company, I think, called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah.